0: The Golden Stallion is here for a little Wednesday Q&A. Sovereign Tech style, baby, of course, because you're a Sovereign Tech patron. So you get to ask me all the questions that you've ever wanted to ask. And I'll tell you, you know, folks, look, they don't have to be tech questions. They can be any kind of questions. You just, you lob them on me. There's some I still need to get to. There's a lot of Honestly, there's a lot of sex questions I need to get to. I mean, there's there's a whole slew that maybe, you know, at some point um, I will. But anyway, uh, I did something a little different uh, this week just just to test it out. I like to post. I do this on in the Sovereign Tech Uncensored Facebook group. Um, Sometimes I do it on Twitter. I'll do it on Instagram. Um, You know, I'll post a little picture of me working in, uh, you know, in the BDSM studio. Uh, Of course, BDSM stands for Brian's Dungeon of Sex and Magic. And, oh boy, you know, that's a whole conversation for another time. (laughs) But I'll save it, my thoughts on black magic. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, I'll I'll share a picture. And, you know, I'll say, all right, getting ready for your Sovereign Tech Wednesday Q&A and something like that, right? Uh, In fact, in the particular picture that I shared this time around, I was holding one of my uh, my imperial as in the Galactic Empire Star Wars mugs loaded with uh, Republic of Tea's high calf. Uh, In fact, right now, I think it's the cinnamon toast black tea. Oh, it's so good. In fact, I'm going to have a little sip right now. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So I'll do I'll do that. And I said, you know what, if you want, if you want to ask a question. Ask it underneath this thread, and I did this particularly in the Sovereign Tech Uncensored group, which, by the way, is still wildly popular. I mean, we only, have, it, it, you know, it's not even up to 200 people yet, well over 100. Um, but, you know, that's OK, because it starts to get to unmanageable levels at certain points. I mean, more people are welcome to, you know, to come, of course, and they don't have to be patrons to do it. Uh, but anyway, it's a lot of fun. That, that group is, is, is really uh, being pretty, pretty enjoyable overall. Um, Haven't had to block anybody yet. Thought a couple times about it with with some, but haven't had to do that yet. And like I said, with Sovereign Tech Uncensored Group, you know, I'll, I'll block people willy nilly. I mean, don't take it personally. Just if I feel like blocking people, boop, I'm just going to block. You know, that's why I'm not making it a feature of Patreon or something like that, because I don't want it to be something you feel like you are you are owed like you're owed to be in that group or something. So anyway, overall been very fun. So but underneath, I was like, yeah, you know, ask me questions. If you have questions for this week's show, I've seen other guys do that sort of thing. Like John Campia, we're right on Facebook. Of course, he he has an open Q&A. It's not one that's behind a paywall, at least not yet. Give him time. Uh, (laughs) In fact, I don't know what's going on with him. If he left Collider or or what the fuck's going on there. But regardless, um, I said, he's like, you know what? Yeah, ask me. Ask me some questions underneath. And so I got some questions from that. I have other questions from uh, from other venues that uh, I'm going to get to first but I am going to get uh, to those questions. Uh, another thing, of course, new issue doesn't come out till next week, but thank you so much everybody for your feedback on the Sovereign Tech newsletter which you can sign up for at zog.email. Uh the email list is already going through the fucking roof. I can't believe it. Uh actually just how <laughs> I mean, wow, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh and and overall, I mean, mainly the only negative feedback I've really received has been on the formatting. Like it doesn't work so well on mobile. Yeah. This is my first time ever really doing a newsletter like this. So I'm still like learning that and how to make it look good. And one of the annoying parts is that how, how, uh, the software that I use, how it previews, you know, I use MailChimp. I mean, you know, that when you get to the bottom of the email, when I use MailChimp, like the way they preview the, the email address or the, or the way they preview the newsletter, it, uh, it, it sometimes looks vastly different from what actually ends up in your email. So one of the easy solutions I'm going to do is at the top of the page. Uh, Or at the top of the newsletter, I'm just going to put view this in your browser. That way it can look normal and there's not a problem with like filtering stuff and whatever uh, in case you can't read it all. Because some people have told me they can't even read it all because, I mean, this is a huge newsletter. Like, I mean, you know, I'm putting as much stuff in here as I can. I want to make it worth your while. Uh, you know, to read. I don't want it to just, you know, because I've signed up for so many newsletters, obviously over the years, um, as long as I've been on the internet back when I had the old email address tankprogram00yahoo.com. I bet I could get that email back, watch somebody scoop it out from under me. But anyway, <laughs> I missed that old email. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, I was a teenager, come on. <laughs> and I love Tron. What do you want me to do? Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, well, So, yeah. So the email, you know, it's I I think the amount of information, like I was going to say, a lot of people put out really shitty newsletters that are obviously just about selling you shit. There's nothing really important in there. And even the stories that it'll link to are crap and, and, you know, and and are just like filler of some kind. And it's so fucking annoying and so goddamn insulting to my intelligence that what did I do? I said, well, motherfucker, I'll make an email newsletter that I'd want to read. And that's what I did. It even has sex in it sometimes, every time, come on. Uh, So, so anyway, thank you so much for everybody that signed up for the newsletter. Please continue to send your feedback to me on that. Like the technical feedback helps, like, you know, that it doesn't work well on mobile or suggestions of what kind of links to put in and everything. That's so helpful. I really appreciate that. And and you're just helping Sovereign Tech itself keep growing and growing and growing. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback recently uh, from great patrons um, of the show. So thank you for all that. Bottom line. Um, OK, let's get into. Yeah, let, let's really get into the questions here. Uh, and we'll start this off with. Uh, a subject that's come up a couple times, uh, and that being, you know, well, a subject recently that's come up over and over again. In fact, this past week's episode, episode two thirty-seven of Sovereign Tech, was all about cryptocurrencies, and I was gonna do a sequel episode that was all about cryptocurrencies uh, this week, but I'm like, nah, let's rest, let's rest on it, let's not push it, you know, let let let's keep it. Let's move on to some other things and then maybe the following week I'll, I'll talk about cryptos again, uh, you know, more because there's, there's just there's a ton more stories. There's always stories. I mean, I could easily make the whole fucking show, you know, about blockchain and cryptocurrencies and all that. But there's plenty of shows that do that. You don't need me. You don't need me to do this sort of thing. So but every once in a while there's, you know, one that comes up that tickles my fancy that, uh, you know, I don't mind talking about and that I like to talk about or that, you know, the Sovereign Tech listeners Just inundate me with, hey, please fucking talk about this, will you? Uh, And, of course, if you're a Sovereign Tech patron, well, then I definitely talk about it because you're the executive producers. You're the people helping make the show go round and round, be it financially or with your feedback or interaction or sharing the show or whatever else you do. that, yeah, you, you get preferential treatment, obviously. <laughs> so when you want me to talk about crypto, I will. So the question came in, which was just very, very basically, um, do you have any issues with Dash as a cryptocurrency? If so, what are your concerns? So, you know, I really don't have a whole lot of issues with Dash. Not, not the technology necessarily. I know some people have problems with the, uh, with the masternodes uh, concept. Where you know the the way that that decisions get made, everything kind of gets handled within Dash is by people who have really ponied up um, the equity to become a master node. Uh, and part of the problem is is that you never really know. And I mean, and it's not really a problem in, in my mind because I want anonymity. I mean, Dash is part of its marketing is that it's a private currency. Of course, I think um, I think you know zk snarks, you know. Uh, zero knowledge proofs do a much better job of encryption and privacy. Look, okay. Let me, let me backpedal a little bit. I, I said it this week on the show and I just want to say it here again. The thing that I'm not, I'm not cheerleading for Zcash here. Okay. The thing that excites me is zero knowledge proofs, that technology. There's, what is there? There's Zencash. There's a whole slew of other projects out there. Okay that are using zero knowledge proofs now to encrypt their shit. That's what excites me. I'm on the side of zero knowledge proofs. I'm on the side of zero coin from 2013 back when that paper first fucking came out. And you know that if you've listened to the show that long, okay? It's not like I'm all just I'm not on the I'm not on the payroll of Zcash, not that I wouldn't mind working for that company, okay? I'm not you know, it's it's nothing like that just saying I'm on board with the crypto of zero knowledge proofs, which I think is, is one of the real superior forms of crypto out there. Okay. Of encryption. You get me? So anyway, I think dash is inferior just as I think Monero with crypto note two is inferior to, you know, to ZK snarks. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean it's bad. I'm just saying it's kind of inferior. Um, but so I, I really don't have any any major issues with Dash. I, again, there's the master node thing. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. So with master nodes, you don't know who who the master nodes are and they can constantly shift. And one could have the concern that, well, you know, some kind of coup or something could happen within Dash and we'd never know who did it. Blah, blah, blah. I understand those concerns. I don't necessarily agree with them. OK, uh, life is risk, you know, kind of like Captain Kirk said, risk is our business. Right. I mean, and that's that's just the nature of the human condition. You know, there is safety is, is an absolute illusion. Uh, you know, when, when you get down to, when you get to the bottom of it, you know, depending how far you want to go with that rabbit hole. But anyway, um, so yeah, dash, no real problems. You know, I, again, with the technology, there's, there's certain, so one of Dash's strengths is its community. And absolutely. And also another strength that has is its marketing. I mean, like they really, they did it right. They did something I've been saying on sovereign tech for years where you start grassroots. Okay. You don't go right after, you know, the, the big whales. You don't go after the enterprise class. You don't go after a bunch of this other stuff. I mean, there's, you know, those methods can work as well, but to really have some serious longevity. Okay. Um, you you want to start off like Bitcoin did. You start off grassroots. You go after the libertarians. You go after the cool kids. You go after, you know, anarchists, whatever, which is exactly what Dash did. Now, admittedly, oh, boy, I could go on forever about this. OK, before before I go into that, I just want to say before somebody brings up to me, but Zcash is going after the enterprise level, you know, uh, stuff. What, what about, what about, what about Zcash? Like, isn't that a problem? Um, doesn't that, doesn't that debunk what you just said? Cause you think Zcash isn't for the long haul. No Zcash doesn't, it doesn't matter what fucking, uh, category they go after. They're coming up with such a, they have such a drastic new, uh, drastically new trick. crypto that being again zk snarks that they can go whatever after whatever category they want and the rest of the world is just going to want the technology anyway dash is not so much that like i don't see anybody saying wow dash is such a revolutionary technical technological implementation i mean it being a platform and some of its you know like directions that it's going are certainly cool but you know they're not they're not necessarily bringing in anything like really that revolutionary in my opinion so, okay, now back to the community, like I was going to say. Um, because it's not revolutionary, good thing that they they started grassroots, right? Um, and no, believe me, you're... <laughs> You're not like if, if somebody says, all right, well, I don't want to I don't want to start off with grassroots, so I don't want to put any money into funding people that are grassroots like grassroots, honestly, would even be like, you know, being an advertiser on Sovereign Tech or something. Um, you know, that's grassroots because you're reaching to a passionate audience, not necessarily the most wealthy audience, even though I know some people in my audience, you know, aren't, aren't doing too bad for themselves right now. OK, but you get my point, right? Um." So, you know, a lot of cryptocurrencies don't do that. They think that they're just going to get bought out or they're just doing bullshit ICOs and they never plan on actually delivering a product in the first place. But whatever. Anyway, so Dash is the real deal. OK, however, some people in this in the community for Dash. So they definitely appealed to libertarians and AnCaps with Dash. OK, um, some people whom I have respect for, some people whom I am very concerned about uh, that, they, that they have allied themselves align themselves with uh there's a problem and i don't think this is going to be a surprise to anybody because we're talking about particularly the fact that dash you know kind of got involved with the libertarian and ancap community there is a problem in the overall libertarian slash ancap community that okay just calling it straight The libertarian slash ANCAP movement, ideology, whatever, if you don't like the word movement, okay, guess what, I don't either, but whatever you want to call it, okay, Uh, readers of Rothbard or something, it's predominantly like a male space, M-A-L-E, okay, it it, it really is, and because, well, not not just because of that, I mean, there's there's certain... (laughs) I don't want to say inherent, but there are certain issues that that just come with, you know, what what society kind of kind of puts off as social norms uh, for men. there are issues where I think that the men in the libertarian slash ANCAP community are absolutely blinded to a lot of very real concerns whenever a and look, I am a total ally to feminism. Okay, but I'm just going to say it. There are, they they get blinded to, um, you know, if someone, if if there's a woman that is telling them to buy into something or to get into something or something like that, they'll just, and they don't care because they're just so goddamn excited that there's a woman involved or something. Okay. Not, believe me, I'm, (laughs) I I think, I think a lot of people have this, this kind of uh, idea of me that if it's a woman, I give them a pass and I just, you know, I don't care what they do. Uh, no, this is so far from fucking true. Um, there are plenty of women and women in this space that I completely, completely disagree with and that I think are incredibly harmful, uh, maybe even to the human condition itself. Okay. And I shouldn't have to mention some of those names. They should be obvious. I would hope, but anyway, um, there are some people in the dash community who are kind of marketers that I am very concerned about that. I think like, like there's, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and so just because there's like some, my, my I guess my point in, in saying this, and I'm not going to name names here just because somebody is a name that you know, and is schlepping around a crypto and wearing a blue t-shirt or something like that. Uh, does not, should not inherently say, okay, oh yeah, no, then this is real, like then Dash is legit, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and and I want you to like take a real harsh critical look maybe at what the fuck they're doing and saying and acting on YouTube and I I uh, hmm, I have concerns. So some of the people that market Dash that, that are talked about as being positives, um, they're really only positives and they really only work because, you know, a lot of the men, not all... A lot of the men in libertarianism and ancapism and all that are just so salivating over any woman that that happens to remotely appeal to them or ever mention Rothbard or something like that. And it's really fucking pathetic, uh, you know, that that that's the case. Uh, But it is the case. So and I you know, I don't I don't know what I don't know what to do about that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe at some point and I'm not going to list it off right now. I mean, if somebody wanted me to like list off the people that I trust all the way. Uh, you know, or that that I consider to be really influential or, or whatever, as far as actual personal freedom ideas, I, that's so much easier than just constantly ripping or knocking on people that 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 aren't, you know, because it's it's in my for me. And it's just my opinion. You can have a different fucking opinion and that's fine. Just in my opinion, it's it's a very small list, you know. So anyway, uh, the Dash community, I get that it's considered a strength, but I think some of the people who are at the head of that community, I have I have very, very not not even like necessarily ideological opposition to. But like I have concerns for their health, like I, I think I, I and, and their mental health. And I don't know. I'm very sketchy of anything they happen to say. So when they when the community kind of relies on them, that's that's a little concerning to me. So, uh, anyway, boy, that was vague booking, huh? Vague booking on a podcast. What would you call that? Vague casting? (laughs) That was some vague casting there. Uh, so yeah, so overall, I don't really have any issue with dash. Okay. I am not, I'm, if someone said, Hey, do a skewering of dash, I wouldn't do it because I don't, i you know, I don't really have anything necessarily negative to say, uh, my, you know, my only negatives that I've ever brought up and I've brought them up before was the reason I never paid attention to dash was because originally when it was Darkcoin back in the day, um, that it, uh, the dark like had certain goals, like it was going to be GPU resistant and a bunch of other stuff. And it failed almost at all of those goals within like the first couple months. And so, you know, for me, like, okay, move on Next you know that was my mentality and then it turned into dash and hey okay also the name sucks like i'll give it that too the, the name is terrible i think actually i mean it's supposed to be digital cash dash but it's a shitty fucking name <laughs> darkcoin was a much much better name uh but anyway nobody really you know cares to ask me for naming advice and that's probably a good idea and guys please take off the blinders like <laughs> because holy shit. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to say it quick. Like the, the women generally that get propped up in libertarianism and ancapism are often like, I mean, at the end of the day, they're just dudes with skirts. Like you're not, you're not really celebrating, you know, in my opinion, women, I mean, I guess everything's up to taste except for like, you know, the only one that, that really got, got, I think the attention, uh, I mean, sadly, a lot of it was negative, but a lot of the positive attention and kind of has the the branding force behind herself that deserves it is Kathy Reisenwitz. I mean, she's, she's fucking awesome. She's phenomenal, you know, uh, but so many of the other ones like never really get the, I could talk about this forever, you know, And, and part of it is too, that really like, I mean, this goes for guy or gal, but if you, if, if you take a stand, uh, an ideological stance or call out uh, a celebritarian or something, the shitstorm that the person that does the calling out or gives the ideological stance, um, or ideological opposition that they get. I mean, they get brutalized when it might be over practically nothing or it could be over something as serious as accusations of rape that may be quite provable. Um, it's it's mind boggling to me. And so a lot, of, honestly, a lot of women in this space, they, you know, they, they just they shut their mouths because why would they why would they put themselves through the, the stupid fucking backlash of a bunch of, you know, look. Pardon me for the term, but I'm just going to say it for a bunch of Aspergery fucking dudes, you know, that can't take a social cue or a fucking hint for anything. Pisses me off, you know. I mean, and of course, the age old question comes up. Why aren't there more women in liberty? Gee, I fucking wonder, because if something, if you know, if they have a problem, they get told to shut up. Um, or if they have a different idea from what holy rothbard said they get you, they get you know oh no you're never going to talk on a stage again you're not invited don't you understand you need to read this book this book this book this book oh you're a single mother well that's your problem bitch i mean like i mean it's it, it just it gets outrageous how these people you know how how women get treated in this space i know the horror stories Do you, I mean, do you understand that at events I've had women ask me, I'm not the only guy that I, I know another, I have another friend who, who he at events in the past has been asked to, to effectively, even though they won't exactly say it to effectively pretend to be their boyfriend, just so they'll be left the fuck alone. Oh man. So it's tough, you know? <laughs> I mean, some, you know, some people get the I mean, that's life, right? Some people get the credit they deserve. Others don't. You know, it's one of the things I'll tell you, I wasn't planning on talking about all this, but what the fuck ever. It's one of the things that really attracted me to anarchism and actually originally anarcho capitalism was I thought. I thought that you like that how you made it in the liberty movement was through meritocracy was you made it on merit. Merit. Not on scamming, not on buying likes or, or followers or buying a bunch of other horse shit online. OK, you know, I mean, buying like like I don't mean buying things. It's great. People release books or they do stuff like that. Yeah, go ahead. Buy it. OK. OK. I'm talking about like like buying followings and all this stuff. Not 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 through that, not through backroom deals or like cabal Facebook groups where, you know, people are talking behind the scenes about this person or that person or they're they're creating, uh, you know, their own marketing schemes and all this shit. I thought it was through actual merit. Like, what the fuck was that album? Backwards, right? By Eric July. Listen, if I haven't proved it yet my musical knowledge now, yeah, art is up to taste, no doubt about it, okay, if I have improved my musical knowledge yet i d- i don't know how i don't know what else I can do. you know, do you need me to start listing off chords that that I understand? I write my own music, and I'm not even saying it's great music, of course it's not necessarily intended to be, it has a purpose, okay, it's a backdrop to a story, but you know, I see that shit, and how many people like just seemingly out of nowhere all said, Oh, this is such a great album. And I'm listening. What the fuck are you talking about? No, this is pure shit. And, and, and to make it worse, like it was coming, like some of the people I know, I've known them for years, they don't listen to metal, they don't listen to rap even, they're lucky if they listen to country or some other kind of stuff, and they're here saying, oh, what a great album, What blah, 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 no, there was a fucking group that somehow all coordinated and said, alright, everybody, let's pump Eric July's Backwards album or something, I mean, and, and that's not merit, That album should have been talked about, prompted, based upon whether the music was rock solid or not. And you ask anybody honest, and there's plenty of them, people with names, and they'll tell you that they wasted their life listening to that. There's no merit involved at all. Or or there's people who have scammed constantly just in the past five years. And yet they still get invited to events, to talk at events. They still get respected. They still get blah, 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 blah. You know, they, they get all the adulation and blah and, and whatever else. It, under merit, they should be, you know, knocked off the totem pole, right? But no. That's something that pisses me off so bad. Because, I mean, that that was supposed to be how this was supposed to work. Is that in this community? Yeah, we do things based but you know man's word it is is his bond uh you know meritocracy you know we're we're going to base things on merit you got to have the ability you do the work you get paid you know you do the work then then, then there's something you know you get the payoff whatever no it's the same it's the same horse shit anybody or not anybody most of the people that have a name in this whole fucking thing um are scamming people right and left or i mean you know, like look i'll quote iron rand for you does that help You know, she said making money, doing business, playing off of people's ignorance is not productive achievement. And productive achievement is what she said is one of the goals of life, the heroic life. Okay, pursuing happiness, productive achievement, all that. Yet these people unquestionably play and feed off of people's ignorance be it new blood that comes into the Liberty movement or whatever. I, I read the books and the book said, this isn't how this fucking shit's supposed to work, but it does. So yeah, you have a good old boys network. You've got a, a, you know, Hoppe should be so proud. He has his, his natural, uh, his natural elites, right? Is that it from the, from that pamphlet? I have that pamphlet. I know the score. Right. You have like the natural scholars and the natural elites. Yeah, we've got I guess we've got our, quote unquote, natural elites. Of course, I would argue that it's not natural. And Ayn Rand would have said the same. She would have backed my ass up. What does anybody care? So anyway, whatever. People complain about the liberty movement. And you know, what happens when you complain and you bring up valid points people just, I don't know, they go dead inside or something and they just say, oh no, it's not like that, but this person's nice. Or, uh, or they insult you for, for complaining about it and say, you sound like, I don't know, some kind of pejorative thing. And so there, yeah. So people just leave, you know, they just walk away. I was in fact, it was on uh, the Lulberts. Um, I wasn't on it, but uh, I was, I was talked about quite a bit <laughs> by Jim Jesus and he kept cracking little jokes about me. I loved it. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun, but he had a point. He's like, he was complaining about like these idiot and cap YouTubers and he was right to complain about it. And I was like, good. Someone else has finally come or not finally. Cause I'm sure others, I know others have done it or someone used their voice to come out and say, motherfucker, you know, like, like this is, this is crazy. Nobody should be listening to these people. These people are so goddamn stupid. You know, and Jim Jesus and I don't agree on everything. I know that for a fact. Okay. But it was, it was really refreshing to hear that. Um, and then he, and he even said, he's like, or you can listen to Brian Sovereign, who's libertarian ish. And I was like, ah, yes. (laughs) Like that made me feel so good inside. (laughs) You know, libertarian ish. (sighs) Because why would anybody want to be a part of that boys club? I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, um, had a little more tea there. Hi, calf. Woo. Get that body rocking. Uh, so I've spent way more time than I expected talking about this sort of thing. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get into these other questions, questions that I had lined up. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, before we went on this fucking tirade and I apologize if people found that boring, you can let me know, give me feedback on it. That's, that's fine. If you disagree with me, look, I know there's patrons who disagree with me on so many things. Okay, And and yet we still get along. Why? Because, you know, we appreciate the work. Uh, In fact, somebody somebody commented on one of my speaking of YouTube videos on my YouTube video about egoism, uh, which is a very popular video. But the person effectively said that I don't agree with your ideology, but I think this video is so brilliant and so intelligent that I respect, you know, exactly what I respect what you're saying that you can go look it up. Go find my YouTube video. It's right there. You can read it for yourself. I don't know who the fuck the person is. But that's it. Good. As long as we can fucking respect each other and maybe work a little bit toward a little bit more towards where, you know, merit stands up and is appreciated. Um, And when someone, you know, scams or when someone, uh, uh, you know, does horrendous things and is manipulative to to women and, you know, and jerks off in parking lots and whatever else, uh, you know, maybe we can. Well, not. Well, you know what I mean by that. Um, You know, hey, then uh, the. Yeah, maybe we can get somewhere, and, and we can, you know, <laughs> we can actually, you know, enter the arena of ideas peacefully and and converse. Because I love to do that. I I totally I am I am absolutely game to talk. You know, Ancapism. Really, I really am. You know, if you want it, you want to debate the ideas. I'll have a debate, and I won't scream and holler. You know, I I I am all for intellectual debate. Uh anyway, you know. In fact, there was. I'm going to be doing that. I'm uh, doing this on this week's episode and you can take advantage of it as well. If you want, there's a new app that came out called Sarah Ha. I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce it, but it's S-A-R-A-H-A-H Sarah dot com. I'll put a link in the show notes. I created an account on it now, of course. And I'll talk about this app more in depth. You may. Could there be problems with it? Maybe. OK, but. Um, all it is is just, an, it's kind of like the app secret that was really popular in Silicon Valley a couple of years ago or a year ago or something until it shut down. Um, what it is, it, it lets you completely anonymously, because you don't even have to have an account, share comments with people. And you can tell them how you feel about things. Like mine is sovereign.saraha.com. Just like my name, S O V R Y N. Um, And people have already left some nice things, but some people have left some very nasty things. Some people have left some critiques that I think are fair and that I'm actually going to address them. So if you want to comment on my Sarah Ha, okay, uh, I'm going to do a whole segment of my show where I just go where I talk about Sarah Ha. And then I'm going to go down what people have said, because some of them are I think some of them are fair. Some of them are misunderstandings. Uh, and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify on it. But it, it's amazing, you know. It just it shows the power of anonymity. I'm gonna bring this point up on on Sovereign Tech this week. Uh, it shows the power of anonymity. When people feel anonymous, they'll tell you the truth, and that's the importance of privacy and anonymity. I'll make that point on the show. You know, uh, I mean, and 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 I'll I'll talk about. I'm happy to to talk about whatever these people happen to say. Uh, so anyway, let's um. Let's get into the questions. These are just from the Facebook. I'm not using the any of the comments from my Sarah Ha account, uh, but I'll leave that open for people to use whenever you know. And again, you can you don't have to make an account. So if you're concerned about being de-anonymized because you had to make an account and then they're gonna one day someone's gonna crack in and and show who who did what, uh, no, you know, <laughs> like like you don't have to have an account. You can just go to that URL and type something in. So anyway. uh, All right. Let's let's get into these questions here. I guess I'll do do the first one. Um, I have. Well, there's like three of them. So I'll I'll start with this. Uh, I have one. What is your view slash advice on using copyrighted music on podcasts? The general consensus in the podcasting community is don't do it. I am aware you are supposed to have the mechanical license to do this. The same one you would obtain if you were to release a CD. I include full TV theme songs that are, this is a person that has their own podcast uh, called forgotten TV. I don't mind mentioning it. They're a patron. Um, I include full TV theme songs that are 28 to 47 years old on my show, again, Forgotten TV, um, which I've listened to. It's an enjoyable podcast Uh, and wonder if it'll get uh, get hit one day with a lawsuit. I don't just play music. It's simply ignore uh, or it's wrapped in a context of review, criticism and commentary. Some podcasts simply ignore copyright altogether, even some that their entire livelihood is built on their show. The survival podcast plays a song at the uh, or a song of the day at the end. Thanks. OK, so this is a great question. And this is something that uh, since I'm building my own uh, radio network well, online radio network, Since I'm building my own radio network that I've looked into now, the way that I'm building the the online radio network, I actually do have that license to where I can play any music that I want at any time. However, legally, technically, once it gets removed from the radio network and if it became like a podcast itself that was released, that music would not would would technically be uh, out of copyright. You know, it'd be illegal for for me to you know, for me to do that. Um, Another show that. For example, that uses copyrighted music uh, is the School Sucks podcast, which originally Brett and Brett and I have talked about this. Yeah, I mean we're friends, you know. Uh, Brett originally did was terrified to do that, and in fact, he would even go so far as to change the like the tempo and kind of the pitch of some of the music because YouTube was taking down, you know, when their copyright sensors were in full force. I mean, and they still kind of are, uh, you know, their algorithms they Uh, they would take down his videos. And so he would alter it enough to where, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't catch it just, just by a little bit. You could barely hear the difference. If you didn't know the song, you might not have even noticed the difference. So that's something that he would do. Um, He is to the point now where he just doesn't care anymore. You know, he just, he just lets it ride. Uh, Myself, the, if you listen to early episodes of Sovereign Tech. Yeah, I absolutely, I I used all uh, public domain music. Uh, stuff that was either like purposely that is new, that was purposely put into the public domain, um, or stuff that, you know, that had fallen out of copyright and whatever. So, but I got to the point as well. And, and here, here's, here's the point that I got to, here's my, here's my way of thinking on it. Um, I, yeah, I got to the point where I started using copyright music. I mean, like the song Supervillain by Power Man 5000 is as connected to Sovereign Tech as anything else could be connected to Sovereign Tech. Like, I mean, people just instantly think of it, you know, uh, and it's a great song and I might bring it back. Um, the opening music that exists in the show now is isn't a weird gray area of copyright music. It's actually from uh, from porn from one of the porno sonic releases. Um which is all unreleased seventies, like porno music. And anyway, that's, that's a long story. Uh, some of the other stuff, you know, falls under copyright. So the, the point that I got to was that if you are, and I'll explain the difference. If, if it is something you are putting out there for free, I, I don't know what, what exactly kind of case could get made by that. Meaning that like, I'm not charging you to hear the episodes of Sovereign Tech where Super Villain would play or Pornosonic plays or, you know, the Spy Hunter theme plays or something like that. Okay. Um, I use some copyrighted sound effects for the work that I do, um, you know, for the fiction work for the Sovereign Universe. Okay. Again, I charge no money for that. Um, and so because I'm not I'm not making, I'm not necessarily really making money off of that. Okay. Now I make money off of sponsors, but that's, that's a very, that's a very different, you know, situation. Okay. Not how the sponsors work out, but I'm not charging you to get access to this song. Okay. Is my point. So that's why I don't feel I'm not concerned about using copyrighted stuff anymore. That's my way of thinking. I'm not saying that that's right. And I would hate it if somebody, you know, did the same thing I do. And they, you know, got a got a copyright notice or something. And they went to, you know, had to go to court and pay out a ton of money. That would suck. OK, but. Yeah, I, I'm I'm that's that's my way of thinking. So now notice that when I do Patreon episodes, I don't think I've ever put copyrighted material into the Patreon episodes. And reason being, you know, all I have is my opening beep, which is not copyrighted. Um, And I have my little sound at the end, not copyrighted. Um, You know, that 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 closes out the show. Um, And that's because it's behind a paywall. And so I wouldn't want them to come after me saying, hey, You know, you're using copyrighted material and you're making money off of it, like because you're enticing people to, to, you know, you're behind a paywall with it. So, yeah. So. So that's that's kind of my twisted logic on the whole matter. That's that's my opinion of how I go forward with things. I know there's people who think, well, I bought the song on iTunes, so I'll play it in one episode. You know, that ninety nine cents is worth me playing in one of my episodes or something. I know people that go that route. Maybe, you know. I, like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that's in as much a legally dubious area as my way of thinking is my opinion on it. Um, but that's all I've got our our opinions. So. Like, I forget I forget exactly there. There's two rules that you can't really do on the radio where you get where, where you know, like the federal government can come after you. Effectively, one of them is, is if you argue for like violent revolution against the government or something, which I never do. Um, I never argue for for the use of lethal force um, ever. And I I forget what there's another one where there's certain things you like that you just kind of can't say, be it on podcasts or radio or whatever. But I, I really should remember that's kind of, I guess in a way it's important though. I, I really don't care, <laughs> you know, about, the, about the federal government. Uh, so anyway, so that's my way of thinking is that if you are charging for what people are hearing, okay, not talking about sponsors talking about if you are charging for what people are hearing, um, then I would not recommend using copyright because I think a case could be made against you. But if it's just something put out there for free, I mean, you're not making money off of it. Not really. You're not making money off of like necessarily that episode or something. And and I don't think that it would really put you over the top necessarily. Like if I, you know, my show supervillain is not what made my show. It, it just it fucking didn't. OK, um, my show stands on its own merits meritocracy. Right. Uh, you know, of me, it's what I say, what I bring to the table, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that other stuff can really fall away. You still have sovereign tech. Um, so yeah, but I've, I've never run into an issue and I hosted on SoundCloud where SoundCloud has the same algorithms to make sure certain things aren't there. Uh, you know, certain music isn't being uh, shared or sold or whatever that shouldn't be. So yeah, so I, I feel pretty confident in, in doing that, but please, you know, it's not legal advice. I'm just telling you my way of thinking on it is that because I don't charge for it, not, you know, I don't charge people for it. Uh, it's not a big deal. So anyway, um, okay. (laughs) I don't want to go over an hour with this and I want to get in. There's some other very genuinely fascinating questions to get into. Uh, but there there's that. So let's see, I'll get to this one. There was another one, but just in case I can't get to it. Um, did you hear about Disney's move to start their own streaming service? And apparently some indie wrestling, of course it's pro wrestling, uh, promotions are putting content on Twitch since YouTube started fucking with the monetization criteria. Okay, yeah. So I have heard about. I did hear, and this is just like this is really fresh. This is like a day old, and there's already been updates about this. Um, supposedly Disney's going to make like two streaming channels, not just one. Um, and the concern was, or where a lot of this, you know, came across my radar, was that Star Wars, which had an exclusivity deal with Netflix for those movies to be streamed on Netflix. Uh, along with a lot of other Disney content and Marvel content, right? Like Jessica Jones, uh, you know, Daredevil, you know, Punisher, Iron Fist, whatever, um, that are big deal shows that I don't watch, uh, but I get it. They're big deals on on Netflix and everything. Or now the Defenders just came out, right? Um, So the concern was that everything's going to end up leaving Netflix. A lot of things that people are really excited about, especially a lot of the Marvel properties, and you're going to have to watch – You know you're going to have to pay for another streaming service to be able to do that. One from Disney. Now the update from Bob Iger, who's the fucking CEO of Disney, so I assume he knows what he's talking about. The update is is that the Marvel content will not be pulled. He says the Disney content, like Frozen, a lot of the movies that are that are more attributed to the Disney name, as to where Star Wars right gets attributed to Lucasfilm, even though Lucasfilm is just a sub department within Disney now. or, you know, the, the like Daredevil and all that, that's Marvel, even though Marvel is just a sub-department of Disney now. So they're talking about the things that are directly attributed to Disney, like far, far more directly, like the Disney movies, you know, Lion King, that kind of shit. Okay. That will all go to the Disney streaming service. However, it is not clear that, that Star Wars will leave Netflix. Um, and also, it is not clear, or also, well, it has been made clear by Bob Iger that actually because these the Disney channels aren't aren't going to start until like 2019, but that seasons of Marvel shows on Netflix will continue on Netflix past 2019. So it would it would seem it would appear that Marvel is going to be on you know on Netflix with no problem. Okay, so Disney's not taking everything away. It's just more their not not to say just their kitty content or something, but it's more their their directly branded content you know directly Disney branded content that's going to be going there. Um. Now, this whole streaming thing, I mean, there's a huge conversation to have around this. I want to start off by saying that, look, if they ever want to make a Star Wars channel, I will pay for that. All right. I will absolutely pay for for a Star Wars channel, Um, you know, and, and they're starting to do that. Like on YouTube, there's the Star Wars show. I think there's a new show coming out maybe in 2018 that's like science and star Wars or something. They're starting to make a lot of like little sideshows around star Wars. Okay. This is very similar to what the WWE network does, uh, which I also think is well worth the $10. I mean it, all right, the WWE network, I mean, it's, it's stupid because it's stupid in, in a good way, you know, you have decades worth of content. Of course you can have your own streaming. I mean, literal decades worth of, of niche uh, relevant content. OK, it's not like Netflix, where Netflix just has a little bit of everything. Right. This is you know, this is all kind of a, a similar content, blah, blah, blah. Um, that, yeah, it makes a ton of sense, you know, to charge people 10 bucks a month and you have constant new content. You have the guaranteed pay-per-views every month that you get for the ten dollars a month. I mean, it's a it's just a phenomenal fucking value. I could see Star Wars and I've said this before. I could see Star Wars doing the same thing. I would pay for that. Star Trek is actually the closer one that could pull that off. But um, I don't know that CBS is ever going to do it, and I don't know if CBS All Access is really going to, you know, ever take off on its own anyway. Um, but this is going to end up becoming a problem where not everybody's going to be willing to pay ten dollars a month for, you know, twenty different fucking streaming services. It's just it's not going to happen. Um, and eventually the Piper's going to have to get paid on that. And, you know, right. I mean, this is where when when something becomes like the perceived new growth strategy for large corporations or whatever else, this is what happens is you get a lot of Me Too products, which CBS All Access is a Me Too product. Uh, honestly, HBO Go, most people, they pay for HBO Go for a month, you know, when the new Game of Thrones comes out or something, and then they cancel it. OK, and, and, they, and they don't they don't stick with it. it. Generally, that that's how people interact with this sort of thing. Um, same might be. I mean, I know some people that do the same thing with Netflix, so it's not like they're the only ones. But I think Netflix is now just like every every month. There's some great fucking show that they're putting out like Voltron season three. Holy shit. Woo, baby. <laughs> you want to talk about some of the best fucking TV on planet Earth right now? That's season three. Oh, man. I'll do a review eventually on on Sovereign Tech proper, but Jesus fucking Christ, (laughs) that is is amazing. (laughs) So anyway, sorry. Got a little ahead of myself here. Um, Yeah, so... You know, eventually this will get whittled down. You'll have the Me Too products and then they'll die off and everybody will end up either on, you know, just because of the nature of things, uh, as it stands in our government run world, you'll, you will end up with where, um, You know, it's going to be probably Netflix and Amazon Prime that are I mean, and for most people, that's what it is anyway. But everybody else will just realize that that's what it needs to be. And you'll have some of your niche products like kind of maybe like a a Crunchyroll right for anime or you'll have the WWE network. That's just always going to be a thing. And it's already a tremendous success. Um, Or, you know, you're going to end up with uh, maybe a Star Wars, you know, network or a Star Trek network, which those, those could work. There's enough content. There's enough franchise, uh, uh, power to where I think that that, that could really happen. So, and Disney, you know, here's the funny thing. I don't think it's going to work with Disney, not, not with just their own content. They've done this before. They used to charge for the Disney channel 20 years ago and people stopped paying. They're like, fuck this. I <laughs> You know, it, it, wh- why, you know, th- 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 just there wasn't enough. Now, granted, Disney has a lot of their own unique content now. Um, but I I don't know. It, I mean, if anybody else has a chance of kind of becoming a third network in this whole game, even more than HBO, it's probably Disney that could do it. Boy, especially if they did yank their Marvel and their Star Wars content. I mean, you know, then it would it would just go through the roof. But yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's unique, right? Because you're going to be giving it to the, you know, schlepping it off to the kids. So, so may, maybe they they have a chance, you know, with with Disney doing it. But, uh, yeah, certainly a lot of people are doing that because they're running, it. you know, Netflix is maybe trying to cartelize people into crazy prices to put their content on Netflix, but it's so important for the studios to put their stuff onto Netflix. Um, like, like was mentioned also that, you know, now there's indie wrestling promotions that are airing all of their stuff on Twitch, which is just Amazon. Let's, let's be clear about that. Um, you know, because YouTube is, uh, is being really ugly with, you know, how you can make money off of YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there isn't room for disruption and there is, and this is kind of the proof, but we're not, we're really not going to end up in that future where every, where you're paying for 20 different $10 streaming services, uh, to get stuff done. I don't even think Hulu Hulu has been playing some big risks, but I don't think they have enough name. I don't even think they're They're going to end up being the big deal. And a lot of people are pulling from Hulu anyway. Uh, so yeah, I, I know Hulu might think would be the number three spot, but I think there's room for a number three spot just like there is in, in gaming consoles, right? There's always room for the number three. Uh, but right now, number two are Amazon prime and which would also be Twitch, um, after fashion. And I mean, the same company and, uh, and Netflix. And then number three right now, maybe it would be Hulu, but I could really see Disney taking that spot. And then, yeah, like I said, then you're always going to have your niche ones. You're always going to have your WWE network, which, uh, is just such a great example of how to do business. The WWE always is. So anyway, um, that's my thoughts on that. What do we have as far as but I I mean, it would have been a very different conversation if Disney was yanking Star Wars and Marvel from Netflix. But they're not, you know, that that's that's not happening now. So I don't think it's as big a concern. And if, you know, Disney's got it, got to make I mean, like Apple, Apple's little, you know, their little streaming stuff, the, the, the internal content that they're making is failing so hard. I mean, it's really bad. So just because, uh, you know, it's a big company doesn't mean that they can make great content. So Disney might end up falling flat on their face and it's actually a good move on their part to not take everything away from Netflix or whatever, in case they need to retrench in case, you know, the Disney, their, their new Disney channel isn't going to work because it didn't work the last time <laughs> when it was just on cable. Um, okay. So we got about 10 minutes. Let's, uh, let's, let's try on the other question here. Um, If you could travel back in time to prevent any single event from happening, what would you prevent? Uh, Follow up. How would preventing said event uh, from happening change our present day? So I actually answered this question in the past. This person re-asked it, which is fine. Um, I might readdress the question quick, but then the person kind of kind of pared it down and said he said, I'll modify if you could prevent William the Conqueror from invading England? Would you? If so, how do you think that would change our present day? Ooh, boy, this is, (laughs) this is a big question. So for those that don't know who William the Conqueror is, William the Conqueror, or as I like to call, and it's actually a technical term, William the Bastard. William the Bastard, uh, it was a Norman, which Normans were uh, the descendants of Uh, Nordic Vikings who uh, went into France and took over an area of France called, or, you know, set up an area of France called Normandy. Um, they went North and William, the conqueror, what was it? 10 uh, out of 1066 when he finally took over the battle of Hastings. Um, he went to England, conquered it. Okay. That's why they call him William, the conqueror. Again, I'll call him William, the bastard. And this event, I mean, after, you know, William, the William, the bastard didn't rule for the longest amount of time. You know, I mean, 20 years is a long time, but well, I, I guess that's a fairly long time. But his rule after that 20 years, like it was. So the first few years of it were v- the first five or so years. Very ugly situation. Downright anarchistic uh, situation in um, in Britain itself. OK, however, this would change. When he finally dies in 1087, so yeah, 1066, and he died in 10, yeah, all right, so about 20 years, a little over. Um, when he dies in 1087, his uh, sons effectively go into a civil war in England, and it creates all kinds of problems. However, in that 20-some-odd years of William the Bastard's reign uh, you know, in England, he creates really everything that you can, everything that you think of as far as England, particularly like medieval England, um, he, he brings on like, you know, you think cat, when when you think of England, you think castles, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, You know, with you thinking that way anyway, I mean, it makes sense. There were no castles (laughs) in England before 1066. Those were all like that whole style, that whole notion, all these things. Uh, I, I mean, William, understand William, the bastard brought feudalism to England. He literally changed the face of Europe, not to get in any kind of great man theory, but he took, you know, little pieces of this like, oh, this is how things work in Scandinavia. So we're going to do, you know, titles and lords and all this different shit. And, and you know, we're going to build castles and fortifications. And that's really all castles are just fortification, uh, you know, fortified houses, um, you know, for, for the various royalty and, and you know, feudal lords, um, you know, we'll do this. And he, he just made this impressive hybrid that you know, is what really caused Britain to be the powerhouse in Europe that it was, that it appreciated being, Uh, I, I, you know, one could argue to this day, but certainly at least until the 20th century. Um, So, you know, everything you think of as far as the Middle Ages, as far as medieval times and all that, all come from William the Bastard. Uh, I mean, and even, you know, like, it's hard to believe. But during his reign, you know, English was considered an ugly language. It was a secondary language. Um, Latin and, and French were, you know, were lingua franca in the uh, you know, they were they were the you know, language of the day. <laughs> uh, they were the lingua du jour. <laughs> I think that's mixing French and, and Latin, uh, which is fitting, I suppose, uh, you know, during during his reign. Um, English wouldn't become a big deal until much later. And really, that had more to do with, uh, you know, the church split than anything else. So for a while, I mean, ironically, you know, England was not an English speaking country uh, because of William the Bastard. Uh, There's so many cultural forces. There's so many things that that really that whole conquership did. And because of the setting up of castles, you know, the fortification, everything, nobody could you know, nobody could best them. Again, the only thing that really did any harm to William the Bastard's reign was his own sons fighting with themselves. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, if you, it, I understand, I think I understand why the person, uh, you know, why, why the, the patron asked the question that way, what would you do about William the Conqueror? Because it so much brought our, it in many ways brought our modern world to fruition because it created it created a stability that Europe did, had not enjoyed since really the fall of Rome. Um, now, when he originally asked this question, this is way, way back in the early Patreon Q&A episodes. When he originally asked this question, I, I think my answer was that I would stop the fall of Rome. Because then you don't need, in many ways, what William the Conqueror, you know, William the Bastard did. Because Rome would have never fallen and, um, you know, we, we'd be in space right now because of, you know, the, the ability for technological advancements and, and, and all of that. Now, the difference, and this is this kind of gets into the second part of the question here that was asked. Um, you know, if you did stop, uh, if you did stop William the Bastard from conquering uh, Britain, what exactly how, would have things changed? Well, here's the thing, though. One of the major problems, because while it sounds like I'm being complimentary towards William the Bastard's reign, uh, there is an inherent issue why, because of what happens with William the Bastard, you know, why you end up with medieval times and in many ways, the Dark Ages for some time, uh, you know, coming out of his style of, of you know, reign, his style of rulership, that being feudalism, because feudalism is not a good thing. OK, let's make that abundantly clear. I know some people uh, argue for feudalism. Um, I would not. Some people who, who consider themselves into liberty would argue for feudalism. Um, you know, I, I absolutely do not do that. Uh, here's here's kind of the main difference is that feudalism was really held together by religion, by a hybrid uh, existence with religion. Feudalism without religion or something comparable to religion doesn't, you know, won't, won't stand because people just, just won't buy into it. Like there's not enough to trick them to fall for the fact that they're not, uh, you know, addressing their own needs. So the difference between William, the conqueror and Rome is that Rome, while there were religion, while there was religion, it was religions. There were like you had a lot of uh, I mean, you had the freedom to worship in a billion different ways in Rome or you had the freedom. And yes, there were atheists back then. You had the freedom to not worship at all as to where under William the Bastard. Oh, no, you had religion and you had to follow it. You know, you, you had you had to, I mean, and you even had the religious languages like you had to learn the Holy Latin to understand things, which, again, was one of the major two major uh, uh, languages in, you know, William the Bastard's day during his reign. So because of that, You end up with because it wasn't like Rome where there was relatively free expression, relatively. I'm not please. And I'm not putting Rome on any kind of like crazy pedestal or something like it was some kind of libertarian paradise. It was not okay, But you had a lot of social freedom within Rome, which is what allowed for a lot of the technological development. Now, some of that technological development was killing them, for example aqueduct systems, you know, uh, plumbing that was all with lead pipes that was literally driving everybody insane, but was also growing the empire and, you know, getting water to everybody and feeding everybody and, and allowing the empire, you know, to grow in a very real sense. OK, not just expand, uh, but, you know, in, in, in ways, uh, you know, in civil ways that it was able to grow. Um, but regardless, they're because of social freedoms, they were able to advance the human condition overall. OK, as to where under William the Bastard, there were no social freedoms. It was feudalism. OK. And while that feudalism, you know, fortified William the Bastard's position, you know, in, in Britain and, and and, you know, was just, again, the iron fist, which that phrase, you know, could almost start with him if it wanted to uh, in many ways, uh, you know, because it, it was deemed and seen as so successful, it got applied across Europe. Okay, but because there was no social freedoms, nobody really advanced past the changes, the tyrannical changes that William the Bastard made. Now, I mean, some people can say, oh, well, there's certain cultural things. I mean, like, you know, yes, he has completely affected the culture of Britain to this day. You know, and some people want to see some of those as as kind of positives. But bottom line being is that he invented and created feudalism. And that's that's just a it's just a bad thing. Now. What would happen if somebody stopped him? If he didn't win the Battle of Hastings, what what would you know, what would the world um, look like now? Honestly, there probably would have been somebody else. I mean, if it it wasn't going to be William the Bastard, it would have ended up being somebody else. Um, There is, I think, to some degree, one could get a little conspiratorial because the Normans were the descendants of or were effectively Vikings. Um, there are, there's, there's theories. I'll put it that way. There's theories that the Vikings are actually, and please I'm tossing this. This is way left field. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to give you, give you a huge breakdown. I talked about this, I think in the Monticello episode that I did for Patreon, you can look that up. Um, I might've talked about some of this, but there are theories that the Vikings themselves are actually the lost 10 tribes of Israel, Right. You know, we we know where the Jews are, but what happened to the other tribes? You know, we know where the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Levi, and, uh, you know, and all that. We we, we know where, we, you know, in the tribe of Judah, we know where they are. But where where's the rest? And some people argue that they're actually the Vikings. Um, and that, see, that's such a huge topic to get into. But it's interesting that English monarchy, British monarchy, would take on a lot of a lot of Jewish lore, not just Christian lore, but a lot of Jewish lore and a lot of other things. And, and my, my point in, in sharing this is that William the Bastard may have felt that he was on some kind of holy, holy mission um, and that he was reconquering an area that had a history most people don't know about. Um, for, I mean, and, and there's some truth to this. For example, and I'm not just talking about Stonehenge, which is actually superhenge. It's a, it's a system of hinges. It's not just one. Um, for example, some of the oldest roads in the world are still being found. And we're talking roads 13,000, I mean, crazy, 30,000 years old, crazy amounts of years old, obvious roads. There are roads. Uh, some of the oldest roads in the world are in Britain. There was some kind of civilization there that we don't totally understand. We've talked about some of them on uh, during tech history segments on Sovereign Tech or like in Scotland, where they're finding, you know, know, tens of thousands of years old, like caches of weapons and everything underneath, uh, you know, old monasteries or churches um, that that point to something, (laughs) some kind of history that was there. Uh, You have... Oh, boy. I mean, there's just there's a lot. Well, you have the megalithic yard, which if you ever want to do research into the megalithic yard, that will lead you directly to kind of the Vikings and even Judaism, uh, you know, in a way. But, uh, you know, a lot of that, a lot of the megalithic yards use was first discovered. Its use was first discovered in Britain. Um, There's just there's a lot there. okay. and not even getting into the Druids or none of that shit. And so bottom line being. Uh, you know, and maybe maybe Rome knew some of this. And that's why they went up to Britain at some point. But bottom line being is that there may have been uh, a a secret holy charge that nobody really knows that William the Bastard was acting upon and why it was so important for him to get to Britain and to do what he did. I mean, there, there's a lot of other reasons that, you know, the normal reasons that get laid out for the Normans uh, <laughs> as, as to why they did it. But... Anyway, yeah. So what, what would things look like? Yeah, I I really do think somebody else just would have done it sooner or later. Um, there seems to be there there is some kind of historical importance to that little island. Uh, I mean, and, and I I could go on and on talking about high Brazil off of its coast, which that's theoretical. Um, a, a lot of a lot of other things. So yeah, we we may be. I mean, I don't think we'd be. I guess to answer what would things look like, uh, might, might necessarily, might not have ever gotten to America or at least, you know, the, the Europeans may not have gotten to America, um, as it were the, yeah, I'm I, as bad, as bad as, as William the bastard kind of was. Um, Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you, you know, what I, what I think would have eventually happened there, there would have been some kind of, um, resurgence of, uh, he, okay. So, so here, here's, so thinking about it, I'm kind of thinking in real time, here's what I think would happen if William, if William the bastard didn't do his business at the battle of Hastings, I think there would have been a second or third, if you want to get technical, I guess there would have been a third, uh, kingdom in, in Egypt. I think that's where, cause it would have been far enough removed from a lot of the barbarian hordes and other things that were happening in, you know, throughout Europe proper, um, you know, before 1066, I think they're really there. I really think there would have been some kind of resurgence, uh, cause I still think the Byzantine empire would have, would have fallen away because there were, there were problems there. They, they kind of had an identity crisis, uh, but yeah, I, I think there would have been a new uh, Egyptian empire, and that would have led to most of what we you know still experience today uh, is, as far as development and all that. It would have taken on a path probably similar uh, similar to Rome. Um, and it were, it would have learned a lot from Rome, you know, in that you don't want to you know there's there's degrees of social freedom and freedom of expression that uh, you know that 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 you want so or not that you want but that allows an empire to thrive. Um so that's that's kind of my guess. So we still would have ended up here. It might have taken longer. I'll admit that. Might have taken longer. So because the one event that I would change might even, you know, might even I like if I was to answer that question, you know, more openly, not under the, you know, filter of uh, William the Bastard. Um I think before I said I would stop the Roman Empire from falling, maybe I actually would have stopped the the Egyptian Empire from falling. Maybe I would have stopped um, the ref- like like the the reign of, uh, of uh, you know, Akhenaten uh, from his 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 family line coming to an end, you know, from uh, Tutankhamun being killed or, you know, however it all ended up taking shape. And. Then that because that's a time where that empire was going through major social reforms and freedom of expression, and that could have actually led to you never would have had the Greek Empire, you never would have had the Roman Empire. You would have just instantly gone from New Kingdom of of Egypt. You know, at that time, not the new New Kingdom that I theorize would come up would crop up without William the Bastard, uh, but you'd end up with you know New Kingdom Egypt just morphing into. Uh, you know, something closer to what the Roman Empire was looking at, looking like towards the end. And it would just spread and spread and spread all the way around the world. I mean, there's even arguments that 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 the Egyptians went to the Americas, you know, and, and there's I mean, there's interesting arguments to be made around that. So, you know, who knows how that how that could have shaped up. But that's that's probably the event. If I could stop some kind of like great man theory, historical event from happening, um, I would I would keep the priesthood from killing off the, uh, uh, the reforms and the, you know, I guess effectively the family line, uh, of Akhenaten in, in Egypt. Um, and I think we, we would well be into space by now. <laughs> I mean, by a long shot, we, we would be in space. And I think there would be a lot of, uh, I, I think technology, like there would be a lot of very interesting, maybe even philosophical advances that, that, that would have flourished out of that. Um, so anyway, but I'm just, you know, I'm just going wild with that. (laughs) So I'll stop because now, now I think I'm just, I'm just flapping my app and we're an hour and 10 in. So anyway, there's your questions for this week. Woo. I hope you enjoyed it. Talked about a lot of stuff, stuff I didn't plan on. Um, but, hey, it happened. So New Sex and Science Hour will be out this week. And, of course, i got a dynamite Sovereign Tech uh, lined up for you. If you want to get in your comments on my uh, uh, a link, a .com, you know account, and you can be totally anonymous, and I'll address them, and I'll talk about them, and I'll read them. Um, and I'll do that this week on, on the Prime Show of Sovereign Tech. Anyway, whew, okay, that's it. That's it. The link is in the show notes for that. I will see you whew, on the other side.